Hello, this is David. Thank you for listening to the My Dad's Walk podcast. And now, to share some of what he's learned on his walk with Christ, here's my dad. Thank you so much, David. My name is Greg Bouton, and today, I'm just inspecting. I'm inspecting my life. Yes, you can join me on that, and I'll be sharing something out of uh, the book of Exodus. What a book that is. Great book. Great book. It's full of excitement and... Not so much excitement, but we're going to see what that's all about. Anyway, let's cut all this intro business and get to work. Recently, I was reminded of a practice, like a habit, that I found very valuable in my life. And a long time, I've kind of been doing it for a long time, but I I was reminded of that a little bit here. And I just wanted to share that practice with you all today. I was reminded of this during my weekly Bible study that I take part in. And we were studying the book of Exodus. We just finished that that book. It is quite a book right there. And a verse that I read that really, it just spoke to me in a different way uh, than when I had read it, you know, in the past. It came at the end of Exodus. It's in chapter 39. Now there's only 40 chapters in the book. All right. So throughout most of the book, the Israelites are wandering around the desert for 40 years. And let me tell you this, when you get to chapter 40, you kind of feel like you've been wandering around for 40 years. Exodus is that type of book. Um, It's just that there's a lot in there. There's a lot of instruction. There's a lot of description that God gives to the Israelites, how to build and create the tabernacle, which is kind of like a mobile church, you know, tents, curtains, clasps, tables, altars, basins, cups, you name it. There's so many different things that they have to make. And uh, they make it out of there's gold and silver and acacia wood. And then there's all types of goat hair. And uh, it gets really detailed in this book, right? There's a lot of words in Exodus. It's a great study. It's great to go through this, but just I'm telling you, there's a lot of descriptive stuff. Let me go back here. I'm going to summarize Exodus for us so that we're all on the same page. We understand what's going on in chapter 39, so I can tell you about this. The book of Exodus, right? We start off, we've got Moses gets born, right? And then he's uh, he's taken in by the Pharaoh's daughter. He's raised by the Pharaoh's daughter. He gets you know, he is banished. There's the burning bush. God talks to him with the burning bush. See that strange fire? A bush that burns? It's not fire, but a bush does not burn. He goes back. He confronts Pharaoh. Remember, he's in front of Pharaoh. He's like, let my people go. And Have the days of darkness made you see the light, Ramses? Will you now free my people? You cannot resist the power of his God. I know not his God. Neither will I let his people go. And don't forget Aaron. Aaron's in there, too. He's, he does a lot. He doesn't get a lot of the glory, but he's in there, too. And uh, we've got the plagues going on. Okay, so then Pharaoh, he lets the people go, and then he changes his mind, and he chases after them. He chases them to the Red Sea. There's the splitting of the Red Sea, the parting of the waters. And the Israelites go through the Red Sea. They're walking on dry land with the waters pushed up on either side of them. And they're running. And then the Egyptians, the army starts chasing. You know, they got their chariots and their horses and they're going across this ground and they're chasing. Are they going to catch up? It's really intense, right? But no, the Israelites get across first. All the water comes in, destroys the army. End of story. Nope. Wait, hold on a second. This is only chapter 15. Hold up. How many chapters did I say this was? 40? 40 chapters? What? We're on 15 here. Like, that's the end of the movie. What else do we have going? Well, we ha- hold on. We got the Ten Commandments. That's a big thing, right? Open those up. We've got other things going on, too, right? There's quail. 
and there's mana, and there's water coming out of the rock. There's, uh, okay, um, did I, there's the Ten Commandments. We got that going on. That's exciting, right? Moses is up there getting the Ten Commandments for 12 chapters. 12, 12 of them. You know why it takes 12 chapters to get the Ten Commandments? Because there's also a whole lot of description. God is describing to Moses how to build the tabernacle. It's a mobile church. Like we would think of it like that, but it's very intricate. And so it's chapter after chapter after chapter of how to build this church, the tent, the the curtains, the clasps, the rings, the basins, the tables, everything you could imagine. And then it repeats it over. It seems to repeat it over and over again, which is typical for ancient writing uh, back then. They would have long, long text and then they would repeat that text. That's not just the Bible. That's other ancient writings do the same thing. So anyway, this we, when you get to the end of the book of Exodus, that's when everything's made. All of this, this mobile church, the tabernacle and the tent of meeting and all the, the altar and the, the Ark of the Covenant, everything is made just as God commanded it. And then here's the thing, okay? Here's the verse. So let's get to, that's chapter 39. And the Israelites, the, the people who made all this stuff, are bringing it in front of Moses. They're gonna, this is the final look right here. So they bring it all in front of Moses. Here's the very end of chapter 39. Okay, it's verse 43. It says, And Moses examined all the work, and behold, they had done it just as the Lord commanded. This they had done, so Moses blessed them. So basically, it's like Moses inspected the work and saw that it was done according to how God planned it. And that verse just kind of, I, it, it struck me in a different way this time when I read this, because I've got a, a habit, and that's not a habit. I mean, it's just kind of a practice. It's a very valuable practice of kind of reflecting on my life, reflecting on the things that God has kind of moved on my life to do, and ask myself, have I done this? Am I doing this just the way God wants me to do it? Am I in line with how I feel like he's guiding me to do this? So whether I'm like thinking about my workplace, you know, I believe that the place I work right now, that God has opened those doors many years ago. He planted me there. He said, here's where I want you to bloom. And he kept me there. And so now I look back and I say, okay, am I still there? Is it still like, am I still in line kind of with how I think he wants me to be here? You know, just reflect upon life. You're my family. I think, you know, am I still doing, am I doing the right thing? I'm just kind of reflecting on, I'm looking back on how I've been going here and do I need to make any changes? It's just good practice to do this. Here's an example of, of some time when I kind of got off track a little bit right here. Many years ago, I've kind of felt like this is what I need to do as far as devotion time. Like I need to get up a little bit earlier in the morning Okay, like, I mean, like, all right, honestly, it's like four in the morning. It's pretty early, okay? So I get up at four in the morning, and that'll give me time to have some devotion time to pray and to read the Bible, study that. And and then I also can do a few other things I want to do, like I can go to the gym or, you know, I do artwork, so I can do some of that. Or, you know, now I, I might do some podcast work, but it gives me some time to do that. But over, and this happened like several years ago, like, I don't know, five or six years ago, over the course of time, that devotion time kind of whittled away a little bit. 
You know, I just kind of like trimmed it a little bit more and I'm just going to go to the gym a little bit earlier. Uh, you know, I'm just going to hit, uh, hit, do some artwork a little bit more now, or I'm going to do something else. Or I'm going to read this, or I'm getting behind in something at work. I'm going to work more on that. And I just kind of felt like I was trimming that devotion time down, down, down. And, and several months passed by. I think I just kind of was going through that dry spell I talked about last week. I was kind of going through a time when I felt like God was far away, and I feel maybe he kind of woke me up a little bit. I feel like he was saying, it's time to inspect your work right now. And we're not saved by works, but we are—we do have works, you know, and we do have, like, things that we work on in life that shapes us spiritually and mentally and physically and and I, it, it was just kind of one of those things, like, I, I thought, let's examine myself here. Let's examine the work. Is this kind of how God guided me to do this? Is this kind of his purpose in my life? Am I doing this in the way that would make him happy? And and I know I'm not trying to, like, I'm not trying to get him to love me more. I mean, I want you to understand that. It's not work to get approval. I'm not trying to do that. It's good for me. God knows what's good for us. He knows the best thing that is for us. Like when he has a purpose for us or a plan for us, he knows that that will benefit us more than anything. And so I'm I'm reflecting on the work and the purpose just to see if it's in accordance with his will or did I get off track? You know, if I just get off track a little bit and time goes on, it's easy to just miss some things, you know, and maybe I need to recorrect, you know, recorrect my course. And which I did. I did that. And I'm much happier. It's better for me. So once again, I'm not like trying to work my way, you know, to get God's approval. I'm just trying to work so that I can be a healthy, emotionally, physically, spiritually, a healthy person. And that's what God wants for me too. So that's a good a good habit. I would suggest it to everybody. Every once in a while, just kind of inspect yourself, inspect your life a little bit. How are you at in the different areas of your life? Work, family, um, hobbies, whatever, free time, relationships, examine, and, and uh, you will be blessed. All right, that's it. All right, let's go to our mailbag right here. Hold on, let me get, I got to get them. I got to get, the, oh, here it is. Oh, let's open the letter. Yeah, you, okay, people know what I was doing there. You know, people who know letters know what I was doing. Okay, here's a letter right here. It says that um, I heard from other Christians that we should not follow other people but we should only follow Jesus. But what did the Apostle Paul mean when he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, he said, follow me? Okay, that's a good question. Really good question. Let me read uh, that verse. It's 1 Corinthians 11, 1. It says this. I'm reading out of the NIV Bible. It says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And I know in uh, many other versions of the Bible, it says, be imitators of me as I imitate Christ. So I see the word imitation a lot. Uh, a couple versions will say, follow me as I follow Christ. So um, that's a really good question there. And it is correct to say that if we follow another person, like if our eyes, our spiritual eyes are on this other person, whether they're just a mentor or a friend or a church leader, pastor, it is correct to say that if we really follow them, we're bound to be disappointed and disillusioned. I mean, for one thing, people often place expectations that are way up there, too great, you know, upon certain people like church leaders. You know, when they don't meet those, like, God-like expectations, 
we become disappointed. We find out, oh, they're human too. What's even more damaging is when a church leader or somebody that you have placed confidence in spiritually as a Christian following Christ, and that person stumbles or falls into sin, and sometimes it's downright evil, horrible sin that damages other people, purposeful sin. And that can be extremely disillusioning. It can be damaging to our own faith. It causes us to question whether everything we learned or everything we thought about following Christ is wrong and just a lie. And uh, so it's true that we should not follow a person because, honestly, people are sinful, we're weak, we have faults, and all of those things are bound to disappoint and damage our faith if that's what we're following. But what's really important about what Paul says is really in the second part of the verse. He says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. So he's asking us to follow his example as, and at the same time, like going along with, as he follows Christ. So if we're following somebody who is following somebody else, like this is like a spiritual follow the leader type thing. You know, so we're playing follow the leader now, okay, everybody? And there's a person in front of you, and you're following them, but they say, look, follow me as I follow the leader. That, that means he's saying, don't just follow me, but your eyes need to be on the leader also. Okay, follow me as I follow the leader. Okay, you have to be looking at Christ, the leader, in order to judge whether they're following the leader. As long as we see that person in front of us following the leader, then we should feel comfortable following their example. But when we see that person veering away from the leader's path, you know, I'm talking about Jesus now, veering away from from Jesus's example, I'm talking about when we see a church leader or someone else, a mentor, another person, a friend, who is veering away from Christ's example, then we are to take note and be cautious and follow Christ always. Well, that's all we have time for. Thank you so much for going on a walk with me. It's been great. I've loved this time together. Please feel free to leave me a message. If you have a question or just a comment, I would love to get some feedback from you. You can go to mydadswalk at gmail.com. That's it. Also, shout out to the Ten Commandments circa 1956 and shout out to Charlton Heston and Ewell Brenner in that as well. By the way, Academy Award for best visual effects. Very, very, very realistic. You'll think you're in the Red Sea, uh, but it is kind of like, you know, based on loosely, based on the Bible, hashtag not very accurate. Thank you very much. Until next week. Bye-bye.